all throughout your life, you're going to encounter the temptation to fudge, you know, stretch, lie. It will come in small things. Uh, uh, when you're in college and your professor, there's a due date, a big, big due date, and, you're, and you ask for an extension and the professor says, well, you've started on this, and you say, oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely, right? That's a lie. Uh, there are all kinds of ways that this plays out. I want to share with you a story from the Old Testament, and it's from the book of 2 Kings. And it's about this man right here named Naaman. Naaman was a soldier and a commander in the army of Aram, one of the neighboring countries to Israel. Only Naaman had a skin disease. And his skin disease was kind of pussy and had oozy stuff and flaky stuff. But Naaman was a really good soldier. And a servant girl from Israel who was serving his family told him, you know what? If you went to my country, Israel, there's someone there, a man of God, who could probably heal you of your skin disease. So Nahum decided to go, and that's the prophet Elijah and his servant Gehazi, and they lived in Israel. Well, Naaman went all the way from Aram to Israel with a group of his soldiers, and he loaded up horses with gold, silver, and gifts, and if you do the math and you calculate what that would be worth today, what he went to Israel with, do you know how much money it would be worth in today's dollars? 750 million dollars. Do you think Naaman wanted to be cured of his skin disease? Yes. And so he goes to Israel, he meets with the king first, who's like, I can't do anything, and the king tears his robes, which is a sign of distress. The prophet Elisha hears that this has happened, and he sends word, tell him to come to my house, so that this day you will know there is a God in Israel. And so Naaman goes to the prophet's house, only the prophet Elijah doesn't come to the door. Guess who comes to the door? Gehazi, the servant. And Gehazi tells Naaman, oh, my master told me that if you just go to the Jordan River and you immerse yourself in the water seven times, the seventh time you come up, you'll be cured. Well, Naaman was mad because he had an idea in his head that when he went to the prophet's house, the prophet would come out himself and do this, oh, big hocus pocus thing and wave his hand and he'd be healed instantaneously. Naaman was mad. And he sped off with his soldier friends and he thought to himself, this prophet of God in Israel is a kook, he's a nut job. I've got rivers in my own country that are better than that stupid Jordan River the Israelites have, wash in there seven times. Well, one of his soldier friends who was with him said, look boss, if the prophet had told you to do something big and strange, you'd do it. Why not just give it a try and see what happens? Well, he did. First time, second time, third time. See, I knew this wouldn't work. Ugh. But on the seventh time, 
the skin disease was gone. Naaman was thrilled. So he went back to the prophet's house to thank him and to offer him that those horses laden with gold and silver worth how much? $750 million. That's more than Powerball. And so, so Elisha, do you know what Elisha said to him? No, I don't want your money. Go home and go home in your healed new life. Well, Gehazi didn't like that at all. And so he decided, I know what, I'm going to go after uh, Naaman and I'm going to see if I can get some money out of him. And so he did. He rode along and he caught up. Yes, Gehazi said, my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give to them. By all means, Naaman said, take 150 pounds of silver. In other words, Naaman doubles it. What Gehazi has asked for is the equivalent of 300 years of income. And Naaman has given him 600 years of income. Well, he takes that and he's so happy that he has it. And later on, he goes out and Elijah says, uh, where have you been, Gehazi? I haven't been anywhere, Gehazi said. Is that the truth? Is that the truth? No, no, it's not the truth. And here's what happened to poor Gehazi. The skin disease that Naaman had, Gehazi got. This is what Elijah says. Don't you realize I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen and servants? Because you've done this, you and your children and your children's children will suffer from Naaman's disease forever. When Gehazi left the room, he was diseased. His skin was white as snow. You're gonna face things in your life where you're gonna be tempted to fudge. And for those of you that are in third, fourth, or fifth grade, I wanna tell you something really important. If you're honest now in third, fourth, and fifth grade about where you go, about what you're doing with your friends, about whether or not your homework is done, that's gonna unlock trust with your parents when you're in middle school and high school. If you're honest in third, fourth, and fifth grade, when you're 16 and wanna borrow the car, mom and dad will be more inclined to say, sure, I trust you, here are the keys. But if you lie consistently, you're, you're gonna lose trust with your parents. Could Elijah trust that his servant Gehazi, the next time someone came around, that Gehazi was gonna be honest? No, he couldn't. Moms and dads, for those of you that are married, little things of dishonesty can often open up bigger things of dishonesty. Uh, in our social media age, a real world application for being honest in what you say and do means that your spouse has all your passwords to all your social media accounts. Your spouse should have the ability to access anything that you do and see it because you shouldn't have a secret from your husband or from your wife, right? Because when you're dishonest in something little, it often turns into something bigger. And that's today's bottom line. 
when you're not truthful, you lose trust. And so here's the good news. Here's the good news. When you've broken trust, if you're honest and repentant and humble, you can earn trust back, but it's gonna take time. The natural consequence of lying consistently is that people don't trust you. But with God's grace and being humble and being willing to walk that out, you can become trustworthy again.